Well, happy Mother's Day. Moms, thank you. Thank you for the way you love us, the way you lead us, and even the way you worry about us. I mean, in general, you do an amazing job of caring for us, bringing fun moments and, and nice touches into all the different birthday parties and little aspects of our lives. But this last 30, 45 days, my goodness, you have gone above and beyond the call of duty. You've been our teachers. You've been our, our grief counselors as we've grieved all the different changes that have happened. So thank you. Thank you for everything you have done and thank you for everything you are doing. If anything, the last 45 days has reminded me how important relationships are. I don't know about you, but I've been connecting with my mom. I'm calling her about every other day, just checking in, seeing how she's doing, laughing together, telling stories together, or even reminiscing together. As we're doing that, my mom and I love to play games together. So I thought it would be fun for us to play some games. So we thought, we'll learn how to FaceTime or, or Skype or maybe even this new software to us, not to my son. He's got a gaming software called Discord we tried to get on. And oh my goodness, it was hilarious. Got my mom on the phone trying to figure out this software and trying to figure out this different system. We are laughing so hard. My mom's laughing. I'm laughing. My wife's laughing. We we're, we're, literally are rolling on the floor laughing. It was actually more fun trying to figure out how to connect than actually playing the game. Well, we did eventually play some games together. I think it's been amazing this last 45 days how the, the lines have been blurred, right? Typically, we're all in the category. There's young mothers and old mothers and working mothers and stay-at-home mothers. But now all those have been blurred together. <laughs> young mothers, right, like yourself, are feeling very old from all the stuff that's been dumped on you. And all the working mothers are now trying to work while homeschooling their kids. So thanks, Mom for everything you're doing for all of your family. Now, I recently read the story of Ursula Burns. She talked about the influence her mother had on her as a Fortune 500 a CEO for Xerox. She said that growing up in poverty, she had three strikes against her. She was poor, she was black, and she was female. She said, my mom was very, very poor, had very, very meager means, but she told me that my yesterdays do not determine my tomorrows. And I wanted to be an engineer, so my mom saved up so I could go to a private Catholic school that focused on engineering. And I felt totally, totally out of place. I was one of the few women at the school, and there were these moments I felt like someone's going to find out I don't fit in, and I just don't have what it takes. And I would call up my mom, and at those moments that I was tempted to, to just back off, my mom told me to lean into those moments, lean into those moments of fear and insecurity. And that was the first moment I leaned in. And the rest of my career, I could hear the voice of my mom saying, lean in one more time. And I did. I got an internship at Xerox and leaned into that and just kept leaning until I was CEO of the company. So moms, thanks. We thank you for your behind-the-scenes role you play in our lives, but also the way you encourage us front and center. So today we're going to look at 
a mother in the Bible you may have never heard of, who had this unbelievable ability to influence from behind the scenes. In fact, it's one of the things I want to thank mom for. Mom, thank you that God has given you a heart that wants to protect. It's that motherly protecting heart is a real gift from God, and we thank God for it. In fact, mom, that's what you're so good at. It becomes intuitive to you, right? What have you told us our whole lives? Hey, don't forget to put on a coat when you go outside. I would never put on the coat. Don't forget to brush your teeth. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to make your bed. Don't drink too much. Don't stay out too late. Don't get too close to the edge. Right? It's just in your heart to protect us because you love us. And that is certainly true of this mother we're going to look at today from the Bible. In fact, this is a mother that I didn't even recognize her name. It's in the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took as his wife a daughter of Levi. She doesn't even get a name. She's just the daughter of somebody named Levi. And yet this woman, it will take several chapters in the Bible before we discover her name. And in Exodus chapter 6, we discover she does have a name. Amrah took for himself Jochebed. Jochebed, his father's sister as wife. Now notice now we're in Exodus chapter 6. Now this is literally 40 years later in our story. So it's taken us 40 years to get the name of this woman. Have you ever heard of Jochebed? I've been studying the Bible a long time. I don't think I would have ever recognized Jochebed. And yet, if it wasn't for the influence of this mother on her family, we wouldn't have Christianity, Judaism, or Islam today. If it wasn't for the influence of Jochebed, Western civilization as we know it would not be the same. If it hadn't been for Jochebed, we wouldn't have the emancipation of slavery that came from what her family did and how it inspired the great emancipators all through history. Well, then who's Jochebed, right? Well, this chapter 6 tells us she was the mother of two people, one you might recognize. Jochebed, his father's sister's wife, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. Moses, who gave us the Ten Commandments. Moses, who led the people out of Egyptian bondage to to liberation, which became the formation in Judaism for freedom and abolishing slavery that influenced the great emancipators of history. The Ten Commandments. The first five books of the Bible are written by Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And yet Jochebed was trying to protect her child during a very, very difficult time in history. They were in bondage to Egypt. And the Pharaoh has decided that these Egyptian women were having too many children. So he sent a death squad door to door, pounding on the door, looking for children that they would destroy. She's had her child. She must now hide him and protect him from the death squads. And she does. Look what it says. This man from the house of Levi, which will eventually be the the people that are used in the priesthood of the Levites, 
So these are very important in the future for the type of people God uses to lead people to him. He took as a wife the daughter of Levi. So the woman bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. Imagine you're so scared that someone's going to come and take your child for three months. Any cry is suddenly danger. It's like the movie The, the Quiet Space, right? You've got to keep your child quiet in order for them to survive. And Jacobet does exactly that. She hides and protects her child for three months. Imagine making a homemade little crib. That's pretty much what she does. You look in and see your child in there, three-month child. You think the only way to save him is to push him into the river in a crib that floats and hope that it'll float out of Egypt and someone will find your child and protect them, care for them. As you look into the face of this child and your heart just wells up with your desire to protect This becomes like a homemade project, a a handcrafted basket, a handcrafted bassinet that has to be designed in such a way that it will float. See, moms, from our earliest memories, you've protected us. You've looked over us. You've watched over us. In fact, I get a front row seat of that as your pastor and as your friend. It's here in this room. We have many, many funerals. What we see Fathers and grandsons and sisters stand up here on this podium and talk about how mom shaped them and encouraged them and helped them. You walk out into our atrium, you just see pictures everywhere. Pictures of each mother's unique way in which your personality, your skills, your influence, your unique strengths have shaped your family. It's powerful. I've talked to many of you over the last 45 days. I've talked to how you've helped your family grieve. It's your seniors who've grieved, what do you mean I don't get to have a prom this year? What do you mean I don't get to walk in my graduation ceremony? And mom, you've been there to encourage, cry on my shoulder a little bit, to say, hey, we're going to get through this. It's just going to be different, right? You've been there in those moments. It's been so powerful Reminds me of what my mom once said to me. She said, Chad, when you become a mom, your happiness as a mother is intrinsically tied to the happiness of your child. That doesn't go away when they're 2 or 20 or 40. Your heart is, is tied to their heart. Because that's what God put in you to protect your children. You want to love them and to see the happiness in them. Because their joy brings you joy. When they're filled up, you feel filled up. And God is bringing hope in incredibly challenging circumstances. I remember a few weeks ago, I called up my friend Rich. He told me that he and his family were estranged. His adult daughter, who I knew quite well, was setting up some boundaries that they weren't allowed to talk with her. Yet Rich's wife, her mother, was going through cancer treatments. And he knew that he would want to know. So he got on the phone and he left a voicemail. Hey, honey, I want to respect your boundary. I want to do what you asked. But I thought you'd want to know that we just found out that mom has cancer. 
and she's going in for treatments. And all of a sudden, he hangs up the phone, and just a few minutes or hours later, phone call rings. What's going on with mom? Yeah, yeah, I want to be there for her. Where is she? How can I get a hold of her? What are the details about this, right? Because she was a mom. And as a mom, she had a heart to protect her kids. But in this circumstance, this mother wanted to protect her mom, who's going through cancer, the same way her mom had once protected her. And God used these challenging cancer moments, this cancer crisis, to bring two motherly hearts together. So mom, thank you. Thank you for your heart to protect us. We thank God for that. We also thank you that you have a heart, not just to protect, but to launch. We thank God that mothers have a heart to launch. And we know this is an inner tension, right? Because the desire to protect is what makes it so hard to let go. And yet you want the best for us. You know you'd like to keep us protected in our cocoon. But even more, you love the idea that you can launch us into the best God has for us. That we would, that we would soar. And as we soar and as we look out into the future, you know that your happiness is tied to ours. So you want your kids to have the joy of experiencing life. And so you launch them. It's exactly what Jochebed did. Remember, she couldn't hide him anymore after those three months. So it said when she could no longer hide him. Oh, to come to that moment as a mom can no longer hide. She took an ark of bulrushes for him. She dabbed it with asphalt and pitch. She makes this thing waterproof. And then she's going to place her child in it. In fact, this must have been an incredibly tense moment. She put the child in it. Honey, I can't protect you anymore. I'm going to launch you into the world. That's exactly what she does. She launches Moses into the next phase. What you need now, I can no longer provide. And she places her child into that homemade little bassinet. She put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off. I love this. Big sister, a celebration of big sisters stood afar off to know what would be done to him. She's going through the weeds, looking, tracking, as that little ark begins to float through the Nile River. Here's big sister, with that motherly heart to protect, also excited about where is my brother headed and is God going to protect him? See, there's something in you, mom. It's in sisters, it's in moms, it's in grandmothers that you do want to protect, but you're also willing to launch. In fact, isn't it true that, that motherhood is a, just a series of letting go? Right? It, it's part of that launching process. And that's what we love about you, Mom. You're willing to launch us into our future. It was the first time that we got on the bus. Our first bus ride to kindergarten. And part of you is like, free time? When's the last time I've had free time? Another part of you cried. Wow. He's grown up too fast. She's grown up too fast. It's the first bus ride. It's the first overnight. 
and then it begins to accelerate. It's watching your daughter walk down the aisle. It's then marrying someone. You've got to let them go. And then they move across the country. Maybe it was out-of-state grad school. Or maybe it's living on the West Coast or East Coast. And, and you were excited for us, yeah. But you also, oh, you're going to miss us too. And we thank you for that tension that was in you that allowed you to, to launch us into our future so that we could soar. I remember between my junior and senior year of, of high school, I went on a mission trip. Two months. I toured Europe. It was during those two months I wrote several letters back to my mom and dad. I was talking to my mom recently and so we were kind of connecting during this corona crisis. She referenced the letter I sent her when I was 16 or 17. She still has it. And she told me of all the things I said in that letter, one of the lines that stuck with her is when I wrote at the end, Mom, you're my best friend. And just how much that meant to her then and how much that means to her now. It's those moments of letting go and celebrating the relationship in the midst of that. I remember when Beth and I took Sierra and dropped her off at college. My wife was just cheering and champing. I was the one blubbering. My wife just got the room prepared in such a special way and thought of things I never would have thought of. And we just celebrated that, that launch into the, the dorm room. Oh, it was filled with emotion, but the desire to see our children launch into the future is at the heart of a mom. So mom, thank you for all the little touches. Thank you for all of the inner tension you have to walk through to send us into our future. In fact, it was several years ago, I was talking with a couple and this mom was helping, helping a son who had an eating disorder. And her heart was breaking, but she wanted to help launch him into a new healthy pattern. And so as she got dialoguing, she said, I'll get up and run with you every day. I'll eat the same diet you eat. I'm going to walk through this together. And they did. They walked together. They ran together. They ate together. And here was a mom adapting herself to help a child she loved get into the best future for himself. I remember they came and they were asking me for prayer. And so I sat and I prayed with them that day. And it was this passage that came to mind. And I was praying. I said, God, we just put this, the future of this young man into your hands. God, we trust you that you love him more than even we love him. And God, we just metaphorically place him in that ark that Moses' mother placed him in. And we push him into the Nile. And we ask that you would steer and direct and bring about your very best. In Jesus' name, amen. Men. And all of a sudden, they burst out laughing. They burst out laughing at me at my prayer. I'm like, was it a bad prayer? And they said, no, 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 no. It just was this weird image to think of our grown athletic football player type son in a little bitty living space. But it just reminded me, here were parents going through a challenging time and mom was there running with him. Mom was there dieting with him. Mom was there cheering him on. Because moms, that's what you do. That's what you do. So moms, thank you for your heart to protect. Thank you for your heart to launch. And thank you for your heart to transition. We thank God that moms have a heart to transition. Your role changes over time. And the same thing happens with Jochebed. She went from protector, right, to sometimes your cheerleader for your kids. And eventually as they grow up, you become their consultant. 
How can I help when you call? I can't tell you what to do, but I'm here to be a voice of wisdom. This happens in a really unique way here for Jacobed. Then the daughter of Pharaoh, oh no. Pharaoh, the daughter of Pharaoh, that's where the current took my son? To Pharaoh's daughter? That's the last place I want God or the current to take him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river and her maidservants walked along the riverside. And this has got to be a terrifying moment for Moses' sister to see from the bushes. When she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it and she opens it up (gasps) and she saw the child and the baby suddenly wept. Now, is there anything more powerful to a woman, to a mom, than the cry of a baby? I mean, God designed it in such an incredible way that it, it biologically, spiritually, psychologically, physically changes you, affects you when you hear a baby cry. I have a guy in my small group. We've had two babies born the last few weeks, my friend Jamin and my friend David. I called David up about a week ago and I said, David, I heard you and Amy just had a baby. He said, oh, wow, we sure did. I said, what's it feel like to be a first time dad? He's like, wow, I have so much respect for my wife. I said to Amy, I didn't know I could love you anymore, but wow, my love for you has even expanded. And my love for this child, I have so much more love to give. He said, watching my wife go through labor, it's a combination of a a strenuous process that allows me to respect my wife more, but I also began to love and respect my mom more. She did this for me. He said, but my heart is so filled up because it's like every moment is miraculous. It brought me back to the days when I remember when my kids were born. Just the miracle of it all. And then you find out that when a baby cries, God's designed a woman's body for the letdown factor that all of a sudden the cry of a baby makes her body produce milk? Miraculous. And then David said, you know, it's amazing that in the middle of this miracle, life just keeps moving on as if it's same old, same old. I said, I know. The miracle of motherhood is happening every minute, every hour. And it's this thing that God has given to each woman, to each family, the opportunity to influence the people around them through this gift of motherhood. And what's amazing about our story today is that Jochebed is going to see her role transition. And God's going to use this Pharaoh's daughter hearing a crying baby to totally change the story. Look what happens. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Did you you get that? Did you get that? She transitioned her role from protector to launcher. And now... God, through bringing the child to Pharaoh, ends up bringing the child back into her arms. Look what happens. Her sister said, 
I'm gonna get a nurse for you, right? And then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away, go and nurse him for me. Now Pharaoh's daughter is talking to his actual mother now. Take the child away, nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. She's now not only got her child protected, she's being paid to be his mom. How amazing is what God did in this story. But it continues. So the child grows up and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. Think about how challenging that had to be. My son, another transition, I nursed him, I grew him up, and now I'm transitioning to adopted stepmom. And for all you stepmothers, for all you who've adopted, thank you. Thank you for your heart to transition to the unique family that God's given you. Because God is using you to influence your family, your extended family, your new family, in a really special way. So she called his name Moses. Do you know that wasn't his original name, his Hebrew name? That's the Pharaoh's daughter's name. Now why did she name him Moses? Because I drew him out of the water. That's why I say mothers have a heart to transition. Because your role changes over time. Adopted mother, stepmother, mother of elementary kids, mother of grown kids, mother of kids with kids, right? But you are one of the steady rocks that we call to when we need. I talked to a friend recently whose son had gone through a pretty significant divorce, just really ugly and really difficult. His wife had had been unfaithful. And the first person he called was mom. Mom, can you come stay with me? Mom, can you come help me watch the kids and help them process this? You know, mom, that was the first thing she did. I'm the grandmother. I'm the mom. I want to be here to support you during this challenging time. It was a totally different transition, not one she even expected. But that's what moms do. Mom, you rally to us when we need you. So moms, thank you. Thank you for your heart to protect, your heart to launch, and your heart to transition and the way you've continued to transition your role in our lives. In fact, did you know that the name Jochebed means to give credit or to give glory or to give thanks to God? What does it look like for you and I to Jochebed our mother today, our wife? To Jochebed your daughter, to encourage them, to affirm them, to let them know how much their sacrifice, their love, and their connection means to you. In fact, the book of Numbers, Moses wrote several books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. It was in the book of Numbers, way toward the end of chapter 26, it says, the name of Amram's wife, who bore Aaron and Moses was Jochebed, who was born to Levi in Egypt. Now catch those two words. She had to learn how to be a mom of Moses while in 
Egypt. Now those words may not be pregnant with meaning the way it would be to the original here. But to say in Egypt was to reference an incredibly challenging time in Israel's history. It'd be like saying during World War I, during the Depression. To be a mother during normal times is unbelievably hard. But to be a mom in Egypt? Wow. And we've heard stories of our grandparents who learned how to navigate the Great Depression, learned how to encourage and affirm and make things work out during World War I or World War II. But you've been living these last two months through an in Egypt moment. During the times of Corona, when all structure fell apart fell all over the place and question marks appeared over finances and structure and schooling, right? Everything was crumbling around and you were a Jacobet. And we thank God that you were able to encourage us, to affirm us, to walk with us while you've been mothering in Egypt. And we're going to look back at this time in history and say what we'd say to you even now. We Jacobet you, Mom. We Jacobed give God thanks, give God glory or weight, or give God credit that he puts you in our lives. And it's just amazing to watch how you effortlessly go about this art of being our mom. Thank you. We love you this Mother's Day. Can I pray for you? Let me Jacobed for you right now. God, Jacobed each woman listening right here and right now. We thank them for their gifts. We thank them for their, for their strength. We thank you for how you've used each woman in our life to transform us and to shape us. Teach us how to see the beauty and grace of watching the women around us practice the art of motherhood. In Jesus' name, amen.